Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Great scientists, engineers, and inventors are always concerned with others stealing their thoughts and ideas, taking what is inside their skull and claiming it as theirs. But what happens when fanatics and delusional people don't just try to take your ideas, but flat out steal your physical brain? Before I tell you this story of how a famous scientist had his brain stolen in the name of science, even if it's against his final wishes, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? I am doing great. And it's just, you know, you really got to worry with that identity getting stolen apparently, but now your brain getting stolen. It's like how many things we got to worry about. Uh, I just got some Coors Light for the day, drinking some random beers left around the house. What about you, Mike? What are you drinking? I am drinking some Bullet Rye and boy, is it dry. This story is almost too out to be true and more fitting for a Mel Brooks movie like a scene in Young Frankenstein, a brain that would be stolen and experimented on. The brain, cut out, stolen, and experimented on, would be none other than the physicist Albert Einstein. Born in March 14, 1879, would have a fascinating life and would assist the world on bringing new ideas, mathematics, physics to light, creating ideas about space-time, early quantum theory, and assisting the Allies defeating the Axis powers during World War II. He was the guy with the kite and key, right? Even in his death, his life was still interesting. Albert Einstein would die April 18, 1955, in Princeton, New Jersey, at the age of 76. Leading up to his death, he felt abdominal pain, a pain he'd been feeling for a while, since 1948, and went to the University Medical Center at Princeton to figure it out. He did, and rather than, street, rather than search for treatment, he wanted to go when it was his time to go, even saying, and I quote, I want to go when I want. It is tasteless to prolong life artificially. I have done my share. It's time to go. I will do it elegantly, end quote. And on April 18th, 1955, would pass from an anorotic aneurysm in his stomach. Einstein never wanted his body and brain to be studied. He was worried about his body might be worshipped. He wanted his body to be cremated and scattered in secret so fanatics would not find out. But a few hours would pass and Einstein's body would be taken for autopsy. Which is strange to me when someone so old and knowing what killed them, why would they need an autopsy on his body? I have no idea. Especially an autopsy to a man who didn't want his body, his body studied and worshipped. But nonetheless, an autopsy would be performed. Well, I feel like if you tell someone not to perform an autopsy, it's kind of a red flag of like, maybe we should do an autopsy. <laughs> well, that, that's touche on that. The man who would perform the autopsy would be Thomas Harvey. While the autopsy was performed, he started to think himself that he had a genius in front of him and wondering what he can learn from a dead genius and simply how to further his career. So without anyone's knowledge or permission, Harvey took out Einstein's brain for himself to study and try to learn the secrets of what makes a genius brain genius. But along with the brain, he also took Einstein's eyes and gave to Einstein's ophthalmologist. As one does. Perhaps hoping the cremation, which would take place two days later on April 20th, 1955, would hide his man scientist's idea. The cremation took place, at which point Einstein's son... Hans Albert Einstein found out that his dad was missing his eyes and his brain. Oof, talk about a morbid day. 
I'm, I am curious of how you noticed that, right? Like, did he just, was he like checking the body before it went in the cremator? Or was it in a casket and he opened it and there was like an empty skull there? Well, you usually have a wake before they go into the furnace. So open right. casket, I imagine. You would imagine they would like hide. I don't know. You imagine the person doing the autopsy would be able to hide it better. Well, when I go further on to Thomas Harvey, you realize that he's perhaps not the smartest man. Okay. Heinz Einstein's son was pissed off to say the least. I can't imagine what other types of emotions except for rage that was going inside his head. Ha, huh, get it there? Head. He wanted his father's brain back. And what would entail makes you wonder what goes through a person's mind. Yeah, see what I did there, Nick? This is like at the end of a, you beat like the video game, right? Like you get to the end and then there's like some prolonged like after the last mission episode that isn't really good and just takes a lot of time, but you feel like you have to beat it to get completion of the game. Like that's what like his son is doing right now. He's like, he got to the hard part of like saying goodbye to his dad. And now it's like, oh, now I got to spend all the time trying to get his brain back. Luckily, he didn't have to spend that much time on convincing Harvey to give his brain back. Because Harvey would convince Einstein's son to let him keep and study his father's brain. I don't know what kind of negotiation skills Harvey has, but it has to be top-notch to convince a son to let him keep the brain of the, his father he just stolen. If I found a thief who stole something even less trivial from me and he wanted to keep it, I would not give it to him. If it was a part of my dad, I'd be even less likely to let him keep it. Well, apparently, in the agreement with Hans, Harvey said it would be study for science and he would share with the world he wouldn't just hoard it. And for the most part, as I go about this story, it would be somewhat true. Harvey, after being caught of stealing eyes and brain, would be fired from Princeton. And I don't think tenure covers stealing body parts. From there, he would take himself and the brain to Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania, where he would start his experimentation, heavily documenting everything he did, saw, and found, taking numerous pictures of the brain, weighing it, and in case you're curious, Nick, Einstein's brain weighed 1,230 grams. And is that a normal brain weight? It's actually a little bit smaller. Harvey then began to dissect the brain, cutting the brain into 240 pieces and preserving them in celadine and keeping the, all the pieces that he kept personally in two jars, which he stirred at his basement at home. Harvey would give out samples of Einstein's brain all across the United States, sending them to other scientists along with photos. He even sent some samples of Einstein's brain to the United States Army. Needless to say, Harvey is a weird one, and that's coming from me. He would become so obsessed with Einstein's brain that his wife threatened to throw out the brain. Again, the brains he kept in jars in his basement. Now, this next part, I found conflicting information. All of it happened, but the order and locations might be switched around, but it definitely happened. And from what I can best tell, this is the order that it did happen. So, in order to keep his wife from throwing out Einstein's brains, he would move to Wichita, Kansas, where he would lose his wife. Where you're allowed to keep brains. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know if there's any laws on keeping brains. Needless to say... His wife did not follow Harvey westward. Nick, in order to transfer a brain across country, apparently Harvey would transport the cut-up brain in a cinder box underneath a beer cooler. Yep, that seems reasonable. With no wife and still obsessed with the brain, would once again relocate to Wichita, Kansas, to Weston, Missouri, in which he would lose his medical license for he failed a competency test in 1988. Losing your medical license in Missouri. Low blow. <laughs> Einstein has been dead for 30 years at this point 
So no wife, no medical license, and from what I can tell, no job. Harvey would move back to Kansas, specifically Lawrence, Kansas, where he would get a job as an assembly line at a plastic extrusion factory. From Princeton to an apartment next to a gas station, the brain he thought would boost his career, and perhaps kind of did the opposite. And while in Lawrence, Kansas, he would become friends with his neighbor, who would be none other than the poet William Burroughs. Experimentations over the decades would still continue, both with Harvey and the scientist Harvey sent the brain to. The results that they found were pretty surprising, and at the same time, very underwhelming. They found that Albert Einstein had an abnormal proportion of two types of cells, neurons and glia, thinking that those were the key cells to genius have not been debunked. The results also could have been heavily skewed because while researching Einstein's brain for, you know, through the brain pieces that he cut up, they weren't studying a fresh brain. Again, this brain was stored in a basement, transported in a beer cooler. So most of the research would come from Harvey's pictures, which were of the fresh cut up brain. And in 1999, researchers suggested that Einstein had an abnormal folding pattern in his particular lobe. The particular lobe is a region that has been linked to mathematical thinking. But when in a blind study, not knowing whose brain pictures they were looking at, the consistency of picking out Einstein's brain dropped significantly. So pretty much debunking that research. In 2012, a new study came out that Einstein's brain had an extra ridge on the midfrontal lobe, near the brains associated with plan making and memory. But many criticized this study, and that's just being nice with when I say criticize. So what did we find out from Einstein's brain? In short, nothing, but it doesn't stop people from trying. And what happened to the 240 pieces of the brain and to Harvey? Well, Thomas Harvey would once again relocate to New Jersey, sometimes during his life, and he felt bad from stealing, or not stealing, I guess convincing to let him keep his stolen brain of his, of his father. He tried giving back the Einstein brain, or these portions of the brain, back to the Einsteins. Specifically, Einstein's granddaughter, Evelyn. She did not want it. If someone offered me my grandfather's brain, I have no idea how I would react. After she declined the brain offer, he donated most of the brain to the place where it all started, the University Medical Center at Princeton. And in Harvey's death on April 5th, 2007, he would also die where it all started, at the University Medical Center at Princeton. Morbid, but to me funny, he died the same place where everything started. He would donate the remaining sections of the Einstein's brain to the National Museum of Health and Medicine in Silver Spring, Maryland. Later on, 46 brain sections were obtained at the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia, which you can currently see, and I don't know if I would want to see parts of Einstein's brain. But that's not the end of the story. I feel like that'd just be very underwhelming. Yes, I, I, I feel the same there too. But the story doesn't end there, because if you remember correctly, he also stole Einstein's eyeballs and gave it to Einstein's optometrist. Please tell me they learned more from the eyeballs and from the brain. Not exactly, because let me explain. Well, what happened in the 1950s to now is little known about what happened to these eyeballs. But what we do know is that they are currently kept in private hands and stored in the safety deposit box in New York City. And rumors keep coming up that Einstein's eyes might go to auction, but they never have. Fun fact, Einstein's stolen eyes are actually not too far from Napoleon's stolen penis, which is in New York, Jersey, and George Washington's tooth, which is in New York City. But those are tales for another time. So for a man who wanted his body cremated and spread his ashes secretly so people wouldn't worship him, his body got chopped up. And perhaps his most prominent feature, his brain. So I guess, Nick, you don't truly know what's going on in some people's minds.
Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.